Kevin Bailey was wrongfully convicted. Kevin was charged of first-degree murder, armed robbery, and burglary. He was sentenced to 80 years in prison and served 16 of those years. He was exonerated January 1st, 2018. In this case, a woman by the name of Lula May Woods was found murdered in her garage by a next-door neighbor on June 1st, 1989. Upon their arrival, police did not have any suspects and didn't have a lot of evidence to go off of. They ended up walking around the neighborhood and asking if anybody had seen anything suspicious or knew of anybody who might have had motives. While nobody could really give them a solid answer and they had no information to go off of, they rounded up who they believed their most likely suspect to be. It just so happened to be 19-year-old African-American Kevin Bailey. He had lived in the neighborhood for many years and became the most likely suspect. However, when they questioned Bailey, he said that he had an airtight alibi. He'd been hanging out with his friend, Corey Batchelor, at the time of the murder. While this seemed like a pretty believable story, he was unfortunately not excluded. It only included his friend, Corey. The two were brought into the station for interrogation and Corey was held for 24 hours in the interrogation room. Detectives choked, kicked, slammed him into walls, and beat him until he confessed. Kevin, on the other hand, was held for 12 hours and confessed after being threatened and grabbed by the shirt collar by detectives. The two boys ended up falsely confessing because they were physically coerced and were honestly scared for their lives. They didn't feel like anybody was coming to save them because the people that were meant to save people were slamming them into walls and threatening them. They felt that the only way that they could get out of that room is if they confessed. The only way that they could stop being beaten and slammed into walls was if they confessed. Unfortunately, this was the only piece of evidence that would be used to convict them, their false confessions. There were so many other pieces of evidence that were completely disregarded and should have been tested. Many years later, the two reached out for post-conviction relief because they knew that they hadn't done it and they knew that they falsely confessed out of fear for their lives. They also knew that no other leads were followed, nobody else was questioned, and they were pigeonholed into confessing by detectives. Kevin Bailey reached out to the Innocence Project. It was found by the Innocence Project that there had been DNA and multiple pieces of evidence that were disregarded by police in order for them to follow their lead on Kevin Bailey, which in reality was not a lead. There had been a bloody towel from the crime scene, which was suspected to have the suspects and the victim, Lula Mae Woods, blood on it. It had never been tested for DNA evidence, though. There was also a Domino's pizza hat with a piece of hair in it. This piece of evidence had always been disregarded because the police were set on convicting Kevin Bailey and Corey Batchelor. 
After the DNA was ran and tested by the Innocence Project, it was actually found that Kevin Bailey and Corey Batchelor were to be excluded as possible sources of this DNA. The only thing that got them into jail was their false confession. And if this DNA had been tested and leads had been followed properly, they would have never been in jail. Unfortunately, this case took place during the era of Commander John Burge in Illinois. Commander Burge was known for promoting racially motivated torture, which included electric shock, mock executions, suffocation, and beatings. Unfortunately, it is estimated that around 120 Black men and women fell victim to these physically coerced confessions and tortures. Eventually, in 1993, the Chicago Police Department terminated Burge. He was convicted of perjury as well as obstruction of justice for his practices, and his subordinates were charged as well. While I'd like to say that this was the only precinct that had these practices, it has been a problem for generations around the world. The first recorded case occurred in 1936, in which the Supreme Court ruled, in the case of Brown versus Mississippi, in favor of the defendant who had falsely confessed after being tortured and whipped by detectives. He was innocent, but after facing that kind of brutality, he confessed, thinking it was the only thing that could save his life. This case set a precedent moving forward. While physical coercions and beatings are not as common as they used to be, it is still an issue, and that is something that the Innocence Project is working towards as we speak. There are too many men and women who have been beaten and physically coerced into falsely confessing, and the Innocence Project is working to exonerate them and many others.